0: Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, and today we're looking back into the archives of the show to an interview I did back in January of 2017 with filmmakers Eric Zela and Chris Strompolis. Eric and Chris grew up in the Mississippi area, and they actually met as kids due to their love of the Raiders film, and they decided to do a shot-for-shot remake of it, which is a pretty big undertaking, and they weren't able to actually complete it until several years later. When they finished the infamous airplane scene. Uh, it's a really fascinating story. There's a really good documentary on Netflix about it. And I think Eric and Chris, even though you know this interview was a couple of years ago, uh, thank them for taking some time out of their day to tell me their story. And plus, I thought with the newer listeners, uh, with the changing in format a couple of months ago, it would be good for you guys to hear it. Because I did talk about some film stuff uh, back under the old format, so... Hopefully you guys enjoy it. If you have listened to it before, hopefully you enjoy hearing it again. For those who will be hearing it for the first time, hopefully you enjoy it as well. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Eric and Chris. Mm -hmm. Sitting here with my two very special guests this week from the Raiders of the Lost Ark fan film... Mr. Eric Zala and Chris Strompolis. Guys, how are you tonight?
1: Good. How, you how are you, Derek? Good,
0: thanks. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, thank you very much for for taking the time to, to join me. I actually just finished watching the uh, documentary that was done on your guys' fan film. And, you know, I, I read about your guys' story uh, a few months ago, and it was it was really fascinating, and it really I thought it was a, a fantastic example of you know just having the pure drive and determination to to do to do this so uh you know before we really get started into the conversation I wanted to say, you know you guys are honestly an inspiration for people you know even like me who want to go into film and seeing that that can be done uh, i I thought that was awesome
2: thanks, man. appreciate that and i'm I'm uh that's probably one of the more satisfying things that Eric and I have. Uh, experience throughout all all of this is that, you know, the true kind of connection that it's had with people. They they've uh, they've taken the story and the doc and our book and 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 uh, watched our movie and, and been inspired by all of it. So that's
0: a that's a feel good for us.
2: Yeah, indeed. Thank you, Derek. Uh, that means a lot.
0: Oh, no problem at all. Now, before we get into the actual making of the movie, how did you guys meet?
2: Huh. Um, so,
1: Derek, uh, you want to take that? <laughs> Oh sure, sure. So um, we uh, Raiders, of course, came out in the summer of '81, and um, when we got back from uh, to school, I was uh, I was 12 at the time. Chris was 11, and we both uh, went to the same elementary school together, and actually met on the bus uh, to elementary school, if you can believe it. Um, and through Raiders, uh, it was a long bus ride, an hour, and there was this kid, new kid, had this Raiders lost art comic book. Um, kid was Chris and I asked to borrow it and said sure and uh, Chris remembered that uh, and figured I must have been a Raiders fan um, and uh, when he called me up um, that summer, summer of 82 it was, and uh, said hey uh, do you remember me? My name's Chris I, I borrowed my Raiders comic book oh yeah sure, hey what's going on? not much, hey I, I'm I'm, wanted, uh, I'm trying to do a shot for shot remake of Raiders Lost Dark. do you want to help? And I thought, I think, for all of five seconds, I imagine all the sets were built, uh, costumes, props in place. I just sort of wander on uh, to help. Uh, but actually, Chris had just come up with the idea, bought the script from the local uh, uh, mall, and uh, was just getting started. So we met at my mom's house uh, in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And uh, I showed Chris, the, in particular, a big rambling basement we had and, and uh, ideal for an improvised soundstage. And it's, in fact, there. So we wound up shooting the interiors. But over listening to really bad horror movie records on my phonograph, we decided uh, to do it. And to uh, we had no idea how, but we we're going to together remake Raiders Lost Ark. And uh, we were so young, we naively thought it would take a mere summer.
0: Ha! Huh. I think uh, not quite, huh, Chris?
1: Uh,
2: no, not at all.
0: <laughs> but still, you know, Wanting to do something like that is is a really cool thing. And what was it about Raiders that made you want to do a shot for shot remake of it?
2: Well, for me, the whole idea was you know similar to a lot of little boys around that time, which was I just simply wanted to play Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones was, this amazing larger than life character coming from Star Wars into Into Raiders of the Lost Ark you know of course you had this iconic uh actor Han Solo uh, Harrison Ford playing Han Solo and so him taking on the role of Indiana Jones in a kind of a realistic setting it made it made it feel like this hero was a lot more uh reachable and um it just seemed really cool you know amazing locations and Dangerous stunts and incredible, incredible danger and, you know, what would it feel like to be chased by a boulder and to learn how to use a bullwhip and, you know, such a cool environment in the 1940s with real villains, you know, the Nazis and, you know, it just was so visceral to me. I, I simply wanted to create that world for myself and that was my driving need.
1: And for me as director, I mean, I, I wanted to see what would a shot for shot remake of Raiders Lost Ark look like, you know, with kids when I saw the boulder scene, you know, uh, barrel, barreling, you know, this huge colossal rock barreling after Indiana Jones. It's like I didn't know movies could do that. And and, you know, wanted to inhabit that world. And um, this is, you know, it was for me the next best thing.
0: You mentioned that you know, being a kid, you're thinking, "Oh, this will only take, you know, one summer to do." How many summers did you guys shoot like consecutively? I think it was seven summers five in a, all.
2: Yeah, yeah, seven summers in all. Uh, five I we mean, were shooting, right, right, Eric? But then two years we were editing.
1: Correct. Uh, well, to, to to give you the the, the overview chronology, year one uh all we did was pre-production um you know uh, scouting locations casting i drew the storyboards over uh, from memory over a summer uh but no shooting year number two we shot but we weren't very good in fact there was only one shot i think from that uh from year two that we kept it all me with my back on fire which we didn't want to retake for obvious reasons but we kept the footage from years three four five and six and um and the uh uh, let's see. I guess it was uh, in that final summer uh, we we uh, we reached picture lock and editing, and then the final final summer of '89, we uh, the seventh summer we finished the sound and uh, had a proper world premiere.
0: Now, how did you well, guys in our hometown? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you guys mentioned growing up in uh, in Ocean Springs. I actually only live like less than two hours from there. I live in Pensacola in Northwest Florida. So,
1: oh no. <laughs> small world you're kidding yeah
0: well yeah. when i when i saw you know the the welcome to ocean spring sign in the documentary i'm like holy <laughs> crap i was just there like two weeks ago
1: mm-hmm. oh wow i as much traveling uh as i've done and talking to people i'm always struck by what a tiny tiny world it is
0: no absolutely absolutely now um what i was wondering about next is you know you you went through and you filmed you know, every summer for seven years, or you did production for the movie for for seven years. Uh, was there a particular like scene that you guys enjoyed filming more than any other, or you know, when you started the the whole process, was there a scene from the movie that you guys were really looking forward to doing? Um,
2: Chris, Eric, do, you do you want to that take that Yeah, I'll start that oh, off. I think. I, I mean, I think. I think. Uh, uh the, the, the scene that really probably with the initial seven years, uh, which we really enjoyed and where you can probably see that we were, uh, we had reached a really nice uh, stride um, with the team and everything is the truck scene. I think the truck scene was something that we were all looking forward to shooting just because it was so fun and so dangerous and involved cars and and uh you know, jumping off of moving vehicles, and just you know it just seemed really cool, so we were uh, you know we we knew the camera well, we we really knew each other well and and um it was all kind of firing on all cylinders, and so probably the truck scene was was the 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 one that we we enjoyed the most.
0: How did you guys get access to to all the equipment that you had because you know you obviously had to get a camera? You had to get costumes, locations, trucks. How did you guys get access to all of that?
1: Uh, to the camera equipment
0: specifically,
1: or or all that?
0: Just all of it. Whew.
1: Well, let's see. Starting with the camera equipment. Um, you know, uh, camcorders were in their infancy at this at this point. Uh, foolishly, we actually rented a couple uh, times. I don't know why that was, but. Uh, ultimately got a Chris got a Betamax camera that uh we ultimately uh that actually broke uh ultimately. Um it was I think a Christmas present. Was that it Chris? Uh certainly I birthdays so. and Christmases. You know yeah. that was you know for anything that cost real money, birthdays and Christmases was our fallback, you know. Um you know uh, our allowances generally, you know, uh would support the uh the trips to Salvation Army for uh, uh, Boy Scout uniforms to make them into Nazi uniforms. I like sewed 20 traditional Arab costumes on my mom's sewing machine, along with uh, acres of uh, cheap fabric to create the tent strung up in my mom's living room. Um, let's see, the ark built out of about 100 bucks worth of lumber and, and styrofoam. Uh, giant jackal statue in the basement was a uh, repurposed hot, old broken hot water heater an overturned flower pot for the head and 78 individual styrofoam teeth stuck on nails in its jaw. Um, So, I mean, there's a reason why it took us seven years. There's a a lot to do. Um, But, you know, uh, they say filmmaking is a process of problem solving, and when you finally finish the last problem, you're done. Um, Probably pretty accurate. Um, So, yeah, all all manner of things in our kind of like – high on creativity, low-on-budget approach that we tried to take.
0: But I think, you know, having a low budget like that, it kind of forces you to be more creative. And I think, you know, doing something like that where you have to be more creative and you have to push the envelope and find different ways to, you know, create props or shoot a scene, I think it makes it, you know, a, a little more rewarding in its own way. Exactly we we couldn't agree more
1: you know we uh, yeah you know uh, pe- people ask us if we're envious of you know the technology that's in an iphone these days which far exceeds anything we had in terms of <laughs> camera and editing possibilities we uh, only got to edit because chris uh, chris's mom um, had access to the local tv station so we used the editing room uh, there but but you're absolutely right i mean limitations force creative solutions and you sometimes get something better than you had counted on uh, obviously uh, snickers is a good example Chris you you wanna you want to tell that?
2: yeah, I mean there were uh, you know we in figuring out all the pieces and parts of how we were gonna do this we of course had to make substitutions and and uh, snickers, the dog was a perfect example of, of that kind of substitution and Snickers was my dog. And, and I just sort of posed the, the question to Eric, uh, Hey, man, why don't we use Snick as as the monkey. And, and he said, that's a, that's interesting. Okay, let's try it. And, and we did. And it, and, um, and it worked and, and to this day, it's, it's a, it's, it's, um, it really makes people laugh and, and kind of, um, gives that feeling of, a boy and his dog kind of, uh, and still fits within Raiders. So, you know, those kind of substitutions uh, that we made throughout uh, were, you know, I think added to the overall charm of it.
0: Years later, you know, you guys went back and you shot the the airplane scene. Now, why was there such a huge gap between when you were filming the movie originally to, you know, more recently when you did the airplane scene?
1: So, uh, when Chris, do you want to take it or do you want me to
2: uh, go for it, man? Go for it.
1: So, um, after a film was accidentally discovered in 2003 and we started getting all these invitations, the screener, um, folks would ask us, Hey, what about, you know, loved it, but what about the airplane scene? And we explained that, you know, uh, back then we, we actually had intended to shoot the airplane scene. I, I storyboarded it and everything. Um, but here's the thing. We have to shoot around an airplane and, and blow it up. And how are we going to do that? Um, you know, and, you know, our best idea for getting a plane was to scale the chain link fence at Ocean Springs airport and shoot around a single engine airplane, you know, somebody's gorilla style. Um, but that's not a very good plan. Um, and ultimately the plane's supposed to blow up of course. Right. So our best plan for that was maybe to build a model scale of the plane, maybe half, fifty percent, and blow it up with, uh, of all things, a pipe bomb. Uh, I asked this delinquent kid in my like shop class for a pipe bomb recipe, and he obliged. And uh, Jason and I remember driving out to Chris's grandfather's farm for a test with a bag of fertilizer and a, and uh, the equivalent of a stick of dynamite. And thank God it, it didn't work. And and that's just as well. So. And around that time, we realized, well, you know, it's the only scene that in Raiders that is, well, actually extraneous. You can go right from Indian Marion Escaping the Lost Souls right to the truck scene. And for years, that's uh, and, and since 1989 until recently, that's that was how our film played. But uh, it was immensely satisfying to finally be able to, to drop that in and have it be complete after 35 years.
0: I think, you know, it, it speaks again to, to that dedication to going back years later and and revisiting that. Um, when you came back and revisited it, did you guys have any issues with, uh, you know, copyright, like with Lucasfilm or even, you know, Disney, since Disney now obviously owns Lucasfilm? Uh, did you guys have any issues with that?
2: We didn't. Uh, I mean, we, you know, it's we've... our our fan film and the journey that we've sort of been on and has is is a unique one, you know, and it's pushed the fan film genre as, you know, pretty, we've pushed the envelope in regards to the fan film genre uh, in many regards. And and we've been extremely lucky uh, because we've navigated everything very respectfully. And so, so the answer to your question is no, we never really got any, any, any pushback or, uh, or reticence or, you know, cease and desist letters or legal uh, entanglements or anything like that. Um, you know, Lucasfilm contacted us many years ago because they wanted a copy of the movie. Um, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, I think the closest we came was that, you know, Mr. Spielberg's office contacted us when we were doing our Kickstarter campaign and had some, uh, you know, uh, Minor, minor yeah. changes in some of the language, but that was nothing. Nothing with the flying wing scene, and nothing with anything that we've done. In fact, you know, we've had the opposite experience where they really sort of embraced us. And and uh, if you can believe it, you know, the sound for the airplane scene was all done at Skywalker Ranch, and, oh, wow. and many and and many of the uh, you know much of the sound was sort of overseen by the master himself, Ben Burtt. And um, so we've been incredibly lucky. I mean, Paramount came out in London when we did our premiere in the U.K. at Le- uh, Leicester Square um, and, you know, embraced us there. And, and we just haven't had any issues. We've done a lot of fundraising. We've done a lot of charity work um, and, and, you know, those sorts of things. So we've tried to give back uh, to educational uh, things uh, along the way and, and tried to create a balance um so they have left us alone
0: that's really really cool and also a a little bit surprising because you know how careful you have to be to get around copyright but really what you guys did is kind of a a love letter in a way to raiders of the lost ark
1: yeah Yeah, we'd like to would to think so you know i um, whenever, you know, when, before uh, the the documentary, even uh, Chris and I toured for over a decade, um, you know, uh, you know, from Sitka, Alaska to Sydney, Australia. And one thing we found is uh, at each town we visited, uh, you know, when we would occasionally hear from, like, say the, someone who worked at the local video store that copies of Raiders uh, were all rented out for like weeks before um, uh, the event. And then later told us after as well. So if anything, we'd like to think we put money into the coffers of the copyright holders. Um, You know, uh, certainly if so, um, you know, that's meaningful for us as much as we love uh, the canon.
0: No, absolutely. Now, a couple more questions. I know you guys only have uh, have a short time, but one thing that I had to ask... What's the funniest moment or story you have from filming the Raiders fan film?
2: (laughs) Mm, The funniest. Um, I well, I mean, one story that sticks in my head is uh, when Eric and I were shooting the Cairo street fight, uh, the basket sequence uh, where, you know, India is chasing, um, you know, a group of Arabs uh, through the streets and trying to find. Marion in the basket, and we had uh, we set up our our set in downtown Gulfport in the alleyways of Gulfport, and and we had some uh, some arguments with some of the shop owners, and moved our set to one side of the alleyway, hoping that it would rectify the situation. But what ended up happening is that there was a sort of grouchy old man. Um, who was, I guess, one of the owners of the of the restaurants or buildings or shops in that area that called the police, and so I think three or four squad cars showed up along with like a private unmarked detective car because the 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 man had had told him um, we were um, uh, shooting uh, 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 porn films, uh, so. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I no. don't know
1: where he got that from, except he figured it would make Gulfport's finest turnout quickly. And if so, he was absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, so was they, uh, they they inspected and found there was nothing to that. So, uh, you know, and as Chris mentioned, we managed to move it over to the other side of the alley, um, to the side of the the alley uh, with the owner that we did have permission with. So we were able to claim that we had, Uh, permission to be there and shoot and all all ultimately ended well but god that was uh, that was a weird day
0: Mm -hmm. you got to do what you got to do to get it to work right yeah Yeah. (laughs) now um, Eric you had mentioned to me uh, through email that you're going to be appearing on a uh, comic-con themed cruise uh, here fairly soon can you tell the listeners a little bit about that
1: yeah, absolutely. It's a Comic Con themed cruise called Fan 2C. That's Fan, the number two, and C is in ocean. And uh, it's this uh, it's this four day cruise going to Key West and Cozumel, Mexico, leaving out of Tampa. It goes from January nineteenth to the twenty third, and they've got a lineup that, as a fan, I, I can't wait. I'm I'm on there as uh, uh, introducing a double feature of the documentary. And, um, and our film, as well as doing an Indiana Jones-themed uh, pub quiz. So that should be fun. But um, among the, the lineup that I I can't wait uh, about is uh, Frank Miller, who, like, never does these things, um, along with the Dark Knight 3 team. They've got the cast of Stranger Things, uh, The Walking Dead, and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And this whole cavalcade of... Uh, Legendary comic book artists, uh, movie artists, um, uh, amazing folks these uh, these uh, nerd burlesque dancers uh, uh, really um, amazing podcasts a uh, whole whole bunch of stuff uh, it's gonna be absolutely mind blowing so i'm uh, I'm truly truly excited so that's fan to see um, and they're they're currently booking now
0: that sounds like one of the coolest things ever i mean it's a cruise you've got celebrities uh comic book artists and the raiders fan film so
1: yeah i i can't wait we um we recently finished a a four-month uh 64 city tour uh to support the documentary um you know and uh uh gonna be very relieved to do no more driving uh (laughs) and and best of all you know the irony uh it was such a um a crazy time on the road all that we're all the all these cinemas across the country but uh, no time to watch any movies. so it's like water water all around and not a drop to drink but on this cruise they actually have like uh 20 uh, lord of the rings extended edition marathon uh screenings out by the pool you know i so i, I plan to gorge myself on all the cinema that i've been missing out on
0: absolutely do you guys have yeah. any social media that you'd like to plug?
2: Sure, uh, you know you can find Raiders Guys on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And Twitter is at Raiders Guys. Same uh, Instagram is the Raiders Guys, and um, I'm sorry, uh, Raiders Guys on Instagram as well. And then Facebook it's the Raiders Guys. So we're we're across uh, across all platforms and. Um, you can also check us out at www.raidersguys.com uh, at our website and on our Facebook page. Uh, we offer um, a lot of really great um, sort of Raiders merch, uh, Blu-rays of the documentary, um, uh, the fan film, T-shirts, posters, uh, the Alan Eisenstock book, um, uh, and and much much more in terms of Raiders collectibles. So um, you know that helps us uh, you know recoup costs from the tour and the plane scene and uh, helps us out. So uh, we're also really good at communication and, and uh, reach out to us, send us an email, uh, you know, and stay in touch.
0: Fantastic. Well, guys, I, I wanted to say in closing, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to do the interview. At you, know, you guys have, I think, a really awesome story, and thank you for sharing it.
2: Thanks, Derek, for having Derek, us on. Derek, pleasure. Appreciate your – yep. Thanks for your support.
1: Indeed. Thank you.
0: Enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed hearing that classic interview from the archives of this podcast. Um, There may be more uh, old episodes that I decide to re-release in the future. But for now, we only have a couple of weeks left until I go on break for the summer. Uh, If you follow me on Facebook, uh, really all social medias, you've noticed that uh, I have now set the date for the season finale to this podcast. It will be a Facebook Live show Saturday, May 11th at 6pm. You can watch that at facebook.com slash podcast, where I will be chatting with the cast and crew of my first short film, The Parker Syndrome. Uh, I'm actually going to have a guest moderator who will be hosting the show. I will be sitting on the panel. We're going to be doing a two-part show. Uh, the first part will be covering uh, the cast uh, hopefully all the cast members will be able to make it out. And then part two will be some members of the crew. We'll be talking about you know, funny on-set stories. I'll kind of really go in-depth as to um, how I came up with the story and go through casting. You know, just go through the whole process of how the film was made. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, then that will air as a two-part audio special um, the following two weeks. And then I will be going on break for the summer. But don't forget, you can check out past episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Just check out the Derek Diamond Experience. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media, as I mentioned before, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. And as always, thank you to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. Their songs Late Night drive Through" and Light and Jazzy can be found on their latest album, Greetings from the Space Van, which is available on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. They'll actually be playing at Sand Jam in Panama City tonight, if you're listening to the show the day it comes out. And then from there, they'll be finding out uh, where they will be playing uh, at some point during the festival this weekend. So I'll be hanging out with them. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you as always for the support. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.